Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Chicago Bears entered this offseason with cap space to burn. As legal tampering began, it was burn, baby, burn in Chicago. But how much better did they actually get? Also, the Raiders wasted no time replacing Derek Carr. Nikola Jokic's MVP case is simple. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. While we waited on an answer from the Bears' self-proclaimed owner, the actual Chicago Bears owner and their new front office was busy putting together a massive free agent class on day one of the tampering period with the understanding that all the money that we hear, those early numbers, end up being eh, a little funny and that no contract can officially be signed until Wednesday. And we have seen teams and players back out from them before. Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins me now. And and Lauren, sorry, had to take the shot at the top. But what did you think of this, this uh, legal tampering period, we're calling it, for Chicago? Yeah, we knew the Bears had the most salary cap space of any team, so they were going to have to spend some money. And generally... When you start spending money in free agency, that means overpaying some players. And I think if you go in understanding that that's going to be part of the process here and, and I guess a necessary evil to just spend them even the minimum salary floor that they need to get up to, then it, it could be a lot easier to stomach you know, a really big contract for, for Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, there's a lot to like about him as a, a young linebacker who's still younger than Valus Jones <laughs> and the Chicago Bears and uh, some upside. You said it, I didn't. Yeah, well, it's, it's the running joke nowadays. But, you know, with some upside there at linebacker, they, they pair him with TJ Edwards to really revamp that group that lost Roquan Smith via trade. They finally added offensive lineman for Justin Fields as well. So, like, there's some pieces there that you like, and there's certainly a running theme there of young players, even if maybe you feel like they spent a little more than you'd like on a few of them. Yeah, you're paying a premium in free agency. That's just the reality of the situation. But I think we can say pretty definitively the Bears are better today or at least Wednesday when they can officially sign these deals than they were a few days ago. Nate Davis was three for 30. Jermaine Edmonds was four for 72. And and uh, TJ Edwards was three for 19 and a half. These are max values. We'll see what the real numbers come out at. But we also have to remember, this is also in the context of a trade with the number one overall pick that nets them DJ Moore Really, Lauren, we have to add DJ Moore to this class because they absorbed DJ Moore's contract into cap space. Yeah, that's the whole reason they traded for him, right, is because the wide receiver class of free agents is not very robust. I mean, there's a reason, I think, as we're recording this. Neither is the draft class, really. Yeah, I mean, it's not It's not a, It's not not a. a group that you feel like you're going to go out and get that, that proven commodity number one type who's going to be that go-to weapon for your quarterback on third and short when you need some kind of completion, somebody who's just going to get open that's DJ Moore for them. And maybe they got slightly less draft compensation as a result, but the position felt too important, I think, for Ryan Poles to just not address it in some way, shape, or form, likely via trade. And another young player on a pretty reasonable contract for a wide receiver as that market's expected to keep going up and up. It's it's a good start for Bears fans that feel pretty optimistic right now. What do you make of this heavy approach at linebacker when they traded Roquan Smith a season ago in part because they did not want to give him a top-of-market deal, and here they come spending over $90 million on the linebacker position. 
why why do you think they approached it that way? Yeah, I think when it came to Roquan, they were willing to pay him to a certain extent. And I'm guessing the number that they were willing to pay him was probably pretty close to what they ended up giving Tremaine Edmonds. And Roquan Smith, without an agent and with a sort of mysterious business manager who was reportedly negotiating on his half, had himself set at a certain number. And the Baltimore Ravens gave him that number and good for him. And the Bears said, sorry, we're, we're going to be firm on where this number is. And there were some hurt feelings and negotiations there. So I, I don't know that it was necessarily the Bears said, oh, we don't value off-ball linebacker at all and we're not going to invest anything. It's we're not going to invest that much in you, <laughs> Roquan Smith. We'll get a second round pick back and spend a similar amount of money for two players at that position that they still see as young with a lot of upside, even if they don't have quite the same proven skill set that, that Roquan Smith did. How does this um, set us up then for, for what comes next with Chicago, whether it's more free agency moves because God knows they have the money to do it, more trades because God knows they have the capital to do it, or what happens in the draft? What are you, what are you keeping an eye on here moving forward at, at, at these key positions? The big question, Mark, that Bears fans are still kind of like not panicking because it's been one day of negotiating, but kind of looking around at this game of musical chairs where all the chairs are filling up is they don't have they haven't gotten defensive linemen pass rushers just yet. I mean, they are extremely light on the defensive line. They need a minimum of two new starters and I think ideally four new starters, but we might have to settle for three along the way. That's between free agency and the NFL draft. But I think a lot of Bears fans were thinking sign a defensive tackle sign a defensive end and then draft one or the other or both in the first two rounds at the end of April. Stay up to date all year on the Chicago Bears by following Locked on Sports today and Locked on Bears on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Raiders have their signal caller and it's an old friend of Josh McDaniels. Before we get to that, we look at a wild first day of legal tampering in the NFL. The midway point in the NBA season is now in the rearview mirror. We are getting to playoff time. That means it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money lines and point scores or threes drained. Or you can check out tonight's playing game between Mississippi State and Pitt. FanDuel has Mississippi State favored by two and a half with the winner. Moving on to face Iowa State. You can also combine multiple prop bets in one game into a same game parlay for an even larger payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL legal tampering period wasn't all about the Bears. As some other teams made big-time additions. The San Francisco 49ers got things started off by beefing up their interior defensive line. Wow, the San Francisco 49ers busy early, making the first big move of 2023 free agency. I'm Brian Peacock, host of Locked On 49ers and defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, now a member of the San Francisco 49ers. John Lynch saying, to heck with being passive, we will be aggressive, striking just as the legal tampering period began Monday, a four-year, $84 million contract for the former Steeler and most recently former Eagles defensive tackle. 
Uh, Javon Hargrave, a perfect fit for the San Francisco 49ers defense inside. Uh, next to Eric Armstead, you've got Nick Bosa on one side. Second year defensive end, hopefully Drake Jackson on the other end that could combine to make one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. The 49ers have always prioritized up front. Now they get Javon Hargrave off of a career-high 11-sack season on the interior of their defensive line. More on those San Francisco 49ers. Free agency draft. Locked on 49ers. And if the big guys don't do it for you, how about the little fast guys? The Atlanta Falcons improved their secondary by adding former Cincinnati Bengals star Jesse Bates. The signature move that we were all hoping for happened. Jesse Bates is an Atlanta Falcon. I'm Aaron Freeman, Locked On Falcons. There's been a lot of smoke the past few weeks suggesting that the Falcons would make a strong play for Cincinnati Bengals safety Jesse Bates. And where there's smoke, there's now a raging fire. Bates agreed to terms on Monday to a four-year, $64 million deal, making him the fourth highest paid safety in the NFL. Bates earned second-team All-Pro honors with the Bengals in 2020, but in 2022 is coming off a career-high four interceptions. His consistency, playmaking skills will be a welcome addition to the Falcons secondary. His ability to handle those deep responsibilities should allow other members of the Falcons secondary like cornerback A.J. Terrell and safety Richie Grant to be more aggressive and allow them to make more plays in 2023. And for more on this move in the Falcons, very active shopping spree this week, follow Locked On Falcons, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to the trenches. The Kansas City Chiefs have a new left tackle after signing a former Jacksonville Jaguar right tackle. And the Kansas City Chiefs have struck in the free agent market. They have signed Jawan Taylor to a four-year deal worth $80 million, $60 million guaranteed. We will get you more information on the contract as soon as it becomes available. But the biggest key here, and this is something that has just come out in the last couple of minutes, they're expected to play Taylor at left tackle. He is expected to be their left tackle moving forward. Taylor is coming over from the Jaguars. He's played almost exclusively at right tackle for the Jaguars, but he did have 17 or 18 snaps in 2022 at left tackle. It does look like Kansas City has signed their first free agent for the year, and this is a huge move for them. If this is true that he is going to play left tackle, it gives them a left tackle that is now 25 years old, is coming off his best season, and could be a huge addition to this team and to this offensive line moving forward. Please check out Locked On Chiefs for more information. And while some added, the Los Angeles Chargers got a concerning request from Austin Eckler. And what seems to me to be a major shock, star running back Austin Eckler has requested to trade. This is David Drugmeyer of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And the breaking news is that Chargers running back Austin Eckler has requested to trade after his representation and the Chargers failed to achieve a new contract extension for Austin Eckler, who has grossly, grossly outperformed his current contract. He has scored 38 touchdowns over the last two seasons alone and over 275 touches. Austin Eckler is one of the very rare offensive playmakers in the league, and there is no denying how important he is to the Chargers offense. We'll have to see if the Chargers honor his request to seek a trade partner. Um, That's going to be huge news and could change how the Chargers plan 
to attack the 2023 NFL Draft. But for more on this particular situation with Austin Eckler and everything that happens in free agency, please check out the Locked On Chargers podcast, your team every day. Here is another story you need to know. Jimmy Garoppolo is reuniting with his former boss in New England, this time in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders on a three-year, $67.5 million contract with $34 million guaranteed. All of this with the understanding that the real money is going to be a little different when we get these contract breakdowns. Joining me now from Locked on Raiders, it's your boy Q. And, and Q, why did the Raiders decide, Jimmy G, that's our guy this year? I mean, it just seems like it made the most sense for what they're trying to do. And if you see the money, as you mentioned, it's not a lot of money for Jimmy G, who is a starter, has been a longtime starter in the NFL. He's got a, a playoff experience. He's got Super Bowl experience. Now, he didn't win in the Super Bowl, but he's been there, done that. And I think for a guy that has the understanding of what Josh McDaniels wants to do offensively, to go in there and be a bridge guy for whoever they decide to go draft in April, assuming that they do go get a quarterback in April, whether it's number seven, uh, or they trade up, or they get them later in the draft, they have to have a guy that they feel comfortable can at least execute the offense at a high level, and that's who Jimmy G is. He comes in at a lower price, so I think it gives the Raiders an opportunity to build the team uh, around him, You know, especially on the defensive side of things where you saw in San Francisco he had success with a strong defense. The Raiders haven't had a strong defense in a very, very long time, so Jimmy G is not a sexy addition for Raider Nation. The fan base is not thrilled. I'm not really super over the moon about it, right? I'm not doing backflips thinking, oh, this is going to be great covering Jimmy G, but he's solid. He's good. You know, I wouldn't say he's great, and you just kind of know what you expect from him. Uh, biggest thing with Jimmy G is can he stay healthy? I'm, I'm a little offended for Jimmy that you said he's not sexy because let's be honest, <laughs> Jimmy G is sexy. Um, <laughs> True. The, the, the question I think this raises for a lot of people, myself included, is, why make this move for Jimmy when you had Derek Carr in the building? This seems like a lateral move. Maybe you save some money, but why Why were you so anxious to get Derek Carr out of the building just to get a guy who's, I don't know, might not even be better than Derek Carr? Yeah, it's lateral at best, in my opinion. But again, I just think that the familiarity, the familiarity, the familiarity, whatever that word is, uh, yeah, they're they they know each other well. <laughs> Let's put it like that. They know each other well as far as Josh McDaniels and Jimmy G. Uh, like you said, it's less money. It seems like it's really about a one-year deal, even though it's ultimately a three-year deal. So what they could have got for you know for Jimmy G or for Derek Carr for one year. Uh, maybe they could turn that into three years with Jimmy G or two years. I just think that it was just time for Derek to see greener, greener pastures, go to another uh, organization and the Raiders to do the same thing. Again, Jimmy G is not a guy that's going to get the fan base fired up, but he is familiar with Josh, Josh Daniels. And I just think that that's, that's really the best that they could do and uh, an attempt to try to build this team up. How do you think this affects the way that they view uh, th the draft? Because presumably if you're signing a veteran, um, you think you're going to be good enough to win games this year, which means you're not going to be picking in the top 10 in the 2024 draft. You have an opportunity now, if you're the Raiders at number seven, to potentially get one of these guys. Could they still be in the market for a quarterback in the draft, do you think? Yeah, I think so. There's no doubt about it. I don't know if they're going to be able to get them at seven. Now that Carolina's made the move that they did to go up to number one for number nine, that puts another quarterback needy team that leapfrogs in front of the Raiders. And I believe the Raiders were in on that deal with Chicago, trying to get up yep. to the number one spot. Uh, I just don't know if their guy is going to still be there. I don't know if their guy is Anthony Richardson or Will Levitz. I just don't. I think CJ Stroud and Bryce Young go one, two now, but 
you know, if the if their guy is there, I do think that they'll make a move. And, and again, it goes back to Jimmy G. Then he's a guy that's familiar with Josh McDaniel's scheme and could kind of coach up this young guy for a couple of years. I think Jimmy G has to realize at this point in his career, he's a bridge quarterback at best. He's not a starting guy. He's not a guy that people look at as a franchise dude for years to come. He's just a bridge. And that's what he's going to be. And that's what the Raiders are going to use him for as well. And uh, whoever that gate, the guy that, uh, they draft, whether it's in the top 10 or later on in the draft, they might look at a Hendon Hooker. They might look at a Jake Hayner. They may look at someone else that they believe has the potential to develop into a starting quarterback. And it might not. They might have to go back to the drawing board and do it all over again if it doesn't work out, if their guy is not, you know, the guy that they believe he could be. So uh, I think it's kind of a trial by error situation right now as far as the Raiders are concerned. And uh, it's kind of concerning for Raider Nation, but we'll have to sit back and watch and see how it all plays out. Stay up to date all year on the Las Vegas Raiders by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Raiders on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, there's a simple case for Nikola Jokic over Joel Embiid or Giannis for MVP. Looking for a delicious treat? Weather's getting a little warmer. You're starting to think about swimsuit season, maybe? You're letting your mind go to that place. That means you got to eat healthy. Those six-pack abs, they start in the kitchen or wherever you eat a built Bar because that's what a built Bar can help you do. Nourish your body with the healthy stuff that also tastes like you're cheating on a diet. You don't have to be on a diet to enjoy a built Bar because they have high protein, 17 grams, but still hitting those carb counts. Only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and now you don't have to wait for a box. You can go to built.com and order them. That's how I get mine all the time, but you could just go to your local Walmart or your Sam's Club and grab a four-bar box of cookies and cream or coconut puffs, my personal favorite. Go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter, also a favorite of mine. You can thank me later. The Denver Nuggets have gone through a rough patch this season, and some are starting to question Nikola Jokic's MVP candidacy. Matt Moore from Locked On Nuggets joined Jackson Gatlin on Locked On NBA to lay out the simple case for Jokic's next MVP. The case for Jokic is, is pretty simple, and you don't, I mean, it's not, it doesn't have to be simple. We can make it complex, but everyone hates the Vorps and the Schmorps, so we won't use those. We'll just completely be on that. The Nuggets win by more when Jokic is on the floor versus their opponent than any of the other candidates do. They win by more. They beat the opponent more. The, pro, the point of pro basketball is money. The second point of pro basketball is winning. How do you define winning? Outscoring your opponent when you're on the court. The Nuggets beat their opponent by more when Jokic is on the floor than when Embiid is on the floor for the Sixers or Giannis is on the floor for the Bucks. The Nuggets beat their opponent by more. They win by more, more consistently. His percentage record is, is better. His percentage in terms of the uh, net rating, as far as like how many points are scored, like the net differential is higher. Um, he's clearly, obviously, the focal point. He's the most, he raises his teammates to a higher level than anybody else. He is the most impactful player in the NBA when it comes to winning. And that should be the definition of valuable. That's the case for Nikola Jokic for MVP. Look, Nikola Jokic is going to win the MVP. So it doesn't really matter if I think it's the right call or not. It doesn't matter if I think he deserved to win it last year or the year before. And, and those don't matter. And I know that there is this idea that, oh, it's going to seem weird if he wins three in a row and they weren't even close to competing for titles in any of those seasons. 
That's true. It is. But this is a regular season award. I do think we are forgetting, as we so often do, and there's precedent for this, how much defense matters. And I know there are some advanced metrics that love what Jokic does defensively, but just watch. And now he's starting to get the James Harden treatment because this MVP debate has gotten so vitriolic and so polarized that that's where we're doing this thing now is on Twitter in these little clips. I I wish we weren't, but the reality is his defense is not anywhere near what Giannis and Joel Embiid bring to the table every single night. So is his offensive impact that much higher than some of the incandescent performances we've seen from Giannis and Joel Embiid? That is a decision that has to be left up to the voters, but it is something that doesn't seem like it is taken into account often enough. I think Jokic is going to win. Do I think that's the right call? I, I, I don't know. We still have basketball left to play. Let's let this play out because there is impactful stuff going on on both conferences right now. Let's, let's see what happens. And then we can get these arguments out of the way. And finally, John Morant is working on himself. He's been seeking assistance for what he described in a statement as a need to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and overall well-being. And that has taken him out of Memphis on a leave from the team. The franchise announced that Morant would be out at least through Wednesday's game against the Miami Heat and that there's no precise timeline on his return to the team. Here's hoping Ja can get back to the dominant player he is on the court, which means getting healthy off the court. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow... Like, seriously, will we have an Aaron Rodgers trade to talk about already? So at least until tomorrow, I don't know. Stay locked on sports today.